0: Welcome to the Podcast at the Hill. You're about to hear a message from our guest speaker, Reverend Chris Sowell, from our regional Thanksgiving service. Would you open uh, your Bible? Would you open your scripture to Philippians chapter 2? And we want to read from there in just a moment. But while you're turning there, I would uh, be tarred and feathered if I did not say, God bless you to Brother Quinley and him being here tonight, Brother Clovis Lewis, my predecessor there at Heritage Church of God still sits on the second row cheering me on every Sunday and he looks up to Brother Quinley so much. I think they're probably the same age, but he sees Brother Quinley as a mentor and someone who helped him tremendously. A great man of God in this local congregation. We love you, Brother and Sister Quinley. Thank you for being here tonight. Can we give them a, a hand clap of appreciation? Thank you. Amen. Lord, would you help us over the next few moments tonight? Lord, I need you more than I need anything else. Lord, would you anoint me to preach your anointed word? Lord, I am unnecessary in this equation except where you said in your word that by the foolishness of preaching, people's lives can be changed. So Lord, only in that fashion would you please use me tonight, God, to exalt you, to lift you up, and to see men drawn unto you, Lord, I give you praise and thanksgiving for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody said Amen. amen. Now, this morning in your services, you probably heard a Thanksgiving-themed sermon, and that was right on target. Uh, since Thanksgiving is Thursday, you could have even heard a scripture like Psalm 106 and verse one, where it says, "Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy." Endureth forever. You may have studied this morning Psalm chapter 30 and verse 4 where it says, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. Aren't you thankful that God is a holy God? Amen. Maybe you studied the scripture in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15 and it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Possibly you heard First Thessalonians five and 18 in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. That's the scripture I preached this past Tuesday at the nursing home in Chatham. I let those residents know it's the will of God for you to praise and to thank the Lord. And I'm thankful tonight for all that God is doing for us. Can you say amen to that? And when we look at these scriptures tonight, I want to tell you something about being thankful and being grateful and me being able to be part of this service. And I'm not going to say anything that these great pastors haven't already told you. But I want to remind you that that you're either a grateful Christian or you're a complaining Christian. I don't want to be a complaining Christian. Amen? Amen. I want to be a grateful Christian. And if you are here tonight and you say, Well, Chris, I just don't have a lot to be thankful for. Life is not going my way. Things aren't aren't working out like I thought they would. I want to issue you a challenge between now and Thursday when your family gets together. I want you to go home and sit down at your dining room table with a pen and a piece of paper and write down 100 things that you're thankful for. Wow, that's an exhaustive list, isn't it? 100 things that you're thankful for. I believe we can do it I believe we can sit down there and begin to write I'm thankful for Jesus I'm thankful for salvation I'm thankful for my family I'm thankful for a car to drive you know you could write a whole long list of what you're thankful for there may be even a few things on that list that you don't want anybody to read that you're thankful for how that God set you free and he delivered you and he turned you around from a certain thing that was going on in your life but can I tell you I'm thankful tonight for all that God has done for me let me just tell you a few things on my list that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that I was born in the United States of America, the greatest country in the world. Amen. I'm thankful that I was raised in a church where the gospel was preached and a boy could understand it and I came to know Jesus. I'm thankful for pastoral parents that made sure that I understood that I needed a relationship with God. I'm thankful for good health. I'm thankful for a sound mind and I know that's up for debate tonight. I'm thankful for emotions and being emotionally healthy. I'm I'm thankful for a beautiful, supportive wife that's here with me tonight. I'm thankful for a loving church like the hair. Church of God amen I'm thankful for big things like freedom and democracy and I'm thankful for small things like green trees and rain that falls but most of all tonight I'm thankful for Jesus amen I'm thankful that He came as a baby in the manger. I'm thankful that He lived a perfect life. I'm thankful that He healed the sick and set the captives free. I'm thankful that He died on the cross for my sins. I'm thankful that He was buried in a borrowed tomb and only three days later He came out of that tomb. I'm thankful that one of these days He's coming again. But most of all tonight, if you hear anything I say, I'm thankful that Jesus Christ, is Lord he's the Lord of my life tonight let's share together in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 the Bible says let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him, praise the Lord, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord would you say those few words with me Jesus Christ is Lord and he's Lord to the glory of the father I'm thankful for Jesus tonight I'm thankful for what he has done in our lives can I just remind you one more time Jesus Christ is Lord What does that mean tonight, that Jesus Christ is Lord? Does that just simply mean that I've invited him into my heart to be my Lord, to be my Savior? He saved me, so therefore Jesus Christ is Lord. I want to tell you it means more than that. For the Bible says in Psalm 136, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him alone who doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. We're not just simple which is wonderful enough we're not just simply talking about a Lord that washed my sins away we're talking about a Lord tonight who is the ruler of the universe we're talking about a Lord who is the wisest of all wisdom he's the most righteous of righteousness he dominates his enemies and my enemies the Bible says that God will arise and his enemies will be scattered can I tell you tonight we've got a Lord that is so bigger and so so much bigger and so much broader than anything we can imagine he's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords and i want you to leave this place with a solid identification in your heart that jesus christ is lord amen can i tell you tonight as paul wrote here in philippians chapter 2 just a few ideas before we go home tonight I want to remind you that Jesus was Lord before he came to the earth. Amen. He did not begin in a manger in Bethlehem. That was not the genesis of the Lord's life. before he ever came to the earth he was Lord while he was up in heaven and the angels constantly flew saying holy 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 it wasn't only for God the father those words were were blasted towards God the son and God the spirit I can tell you he was Lord before he ever came to this earth he did not have to come here to get his beginning for the Bible says in Genesis 1 let us make man in our own image and the Lord Jesus Christ was part of that initiation. In fact the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 that in him, in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But he he ever even, he came to this earth uh, with a purpose in mind. He came to this earth uh, to be a Savior. He came to this earth uh, to be the Lord. But I remind you tonight in this first point that he was Lord before he ever came to the earth moving on to point two but don't get too excited point two is longer than point one Jesus was Lord while he was on this earth it doesn't matter what the naysayers and the scribes and the Pharisees thought they didn't dominate Jesus he was Lord on this earth amen when we look at verse number 7 in our reading tonight it said but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men God became man he was all God but he was all man and he was the Lord while he was on this earth I give you another challenge this week right when you get through with your first bit of homework of writing a hundred things that you're thankful for turn over to the book of Mark chapter 4 and begin. In verse 35 and read the rest of that chapter and all of chapter 5 and repeatedly that scripture will tell you how that he was Lord while he was on this earth number one he was Lord over disaster he told his disciples in verse 35 of Mark chapter 4 get into the boat boys because we're going to the other side how many of you know through a thousand preachers that if God tells you you're going to the other side you're absolutely Absolutely going to the other side it doesn't matter what it looks like in the middle of the journey if God tells you you're going you might as well settle it in your heart that you're going to make the destination that God has sent you to and while they were in the middle of the sea the Bible tells us that a great storm arose and the disciples were all shook up amen can I tell you these guys knew about water they knew about boats and the Bible said they were afraid they were terrified by brothers and sisters of that terrible storm they were petrified in the middle of that storm and if they'd have been struck by lightning they'd have been French fried in the middle of that storm they began to look around to find Jesus come on Bible theologians where was Jesus he was asleep he was tired from ministering to the people he was asleep and the disciples came to him and said Lord Don't you care that we're about to perish? Can I just give you a simple truth that maybe will be a life changing truth? He does care. God absolutely cares about you. If you were looking for a spot to run, you just missed it. He absolutely cares about you. The things that you care about, He cares about. Pastor Daniel mentioned that there was a little time in our ministry where we were youth directors. And we were we were youth directors, regional youth directors in Oklahoma and Kansas. And we had the privilege, like so many of your young people, of going to youth camp. We had the privilege of hosting those youth camps. And, 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 and in the little kids camp, you never know what they're going to come forward for prayer about. Sometimes they would come forward for prayer. And as a director, you're thinking, praise God, we're having revival in this place. And you'd get down beside them and say, Sweetheart, what can I help you pray about? They'd say, I want you to pray for my dog. Okay. What, what, what's your dog's name? Lord. Most of them out in Oklahoma were named Boomer. <clears throat> At least they didn't name them Bob Stoops or something like that, Help me pray for my dog so we'd pray for the dog. Help me pray for the cat, the goldfish, the parakeet, whatever's on their mind. And then sometimes they would say, my mom and dad's getting a divorce. Then sometimes they would say, my grandma's sick. Will you help me pray for them? I want to tell you, every time they said pray for my dog, my cat, my catfish, help me pray for whatever I got, I would pray earnestly with them. I know some people think that I'm the stupidest thing that ever tried to call themselves a minister. Why are you going to pray for a dog? Why are you going to pray for a cat? Because the Bible says that God is touched by the things that infirm us and hurt us. He cares about us. The Bible said casting all your cares upon Him because He careth for you. I may have been praying for a dog the first night, but by the time that week was over, we were praying for salvation and for that child to be saved I'm telling you he cares about the things that you care about Lord don't you care that we're about to perish and he stepped to the front of the boat and he spoke peace be still over that storm I'm telling you he's the Lord of disaster and whatever disastrous thing you may be going through tonight whatever disastrous thing your children or grandchildren may be going through tonight you may be crying out from the depths of your heart while wearing a smile into the church I can tell you he's the Lord of disaster he's not wringing his hands trying to find out what to do about your situation he's the Lord and he can still speak to it he can still say peace be still hallelujah he's the Lord of disaster Well I tell you when that water calmed those men were blown away and they said what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him and about that time the bow of the boat stuck in the dirt and Jesus threw his leg over the boat and stepped right off into a graveyard. Come on now. Come on help me preach. Help me preach. Stepped right off into a graveyard. The disciples were thinking I'm not getting off there. No sir. Jesus put his foot into the middle of a graveyard and a wild naked man come running at him. Read it. Came running right up to him, bleeding from where he'd been cutting himself. He'd been mutilating himself. Broken chains hanging off of his body where none of them could contain him. And that man ran right up to Jesus. And let me tell you something. He did not cry out to Jesus, but something from within side of him cried out to Jesus. And said, have you come to torment us? I want to tell you something. The demons know who Jesus is. And what some of us need to do is get us a bottle of olive oil about that tall. And start anointing everything we got in our house. And run the devils and the demons off. Because he's the Lord over demons. There's three ways that demons... And the devil fights us. I'm not going to preach all of this tonight. Some of you wish I'd quit now, but i got a little bit more to go. Three ways that demons come against you. Number one is through oppression. Demonic oppression. It comes from without. All of these problems, all of these situations that run your blood pressure through the roof and you're wondering what you're going to do about it. Demonic oppression comes against you. Then there's demonic obsession, if you'll allow me to talk about that for just a couple of moments. Uh, the King James Bible, if you read that one, calls it vexing. The devil will vex you. That's an attack from the inside out. That's when you don't know why you have Why did I think I'll go kill my mother-in-law? I meant father-in-law. I meant husband. Come on. That's vexation of the devil. That's why when you thought you'd been delivered all of these years from pornography and all of a sudden you find yourself back looking at it. It's obsession. It's demonic obsession. It's the vexation of the devil that comes and fights your mind. And then we find in the scripture that there's demonic possession. And, and that's when the enemy, the devil, fills up a person's life and uses their body for his will. Let me just tell you something real quickly. And if you pastors don't agree with me, I'm sorry. And, and they'll fix it all when I leave. But I believe that a person can be saved and demonically oppressed because we got to rebuke the devil amen I believe a Christian person can be demonically obsessed where you fight him in your mind but a Christian cannot be demon possessed because the spirit of God has to dispossess your body before the devil can possess your body what I'm telling you tonight is submit yourself therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee from you Jesus Christ is the Lord of of demons. Jesus cast the demons out of that man called Legion. They filled the pigs. They went down and drowned themselves. Amen. That man was free in his right mind. And what did the public do? Came and told him to leave. Right? I want to tell you something about Jesus our Lord he will not stay where he's not wanted he will not come if he's not invited come on help me preach a few minutes he will not come if he's not invited and he will not stay if he's not welcome that's for individual lives but can I get a little bit brave here tonight and tell you that's also for churches Oh, you've taught it in your Sunday school rooms. You've taught it in your small groups. You've taught it that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on a house. Come on now. But I'm telling you tonight, what we must do is we must become hungry and thirsty for a move of God that's unparalleled by anything we've ever seen or heard or read about Oh, Chris. That's not going to happen. We're going to get rescued out of here before too much longer. I'm telling you the Bible would indicate to me that in the last days he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. I'm telling you today we need a move of God more than we need anything else. We need a revival. I'm not talking about a preacher to show up for a week. We need a time and a season for the church to experience supernatural revival. (laughs) I've been to a lot of church growth seminars but the best way to grow a church is get in revival. B.A. Brown some of you know him used to say if a church will catch on fire people will come watch it burn. Amen. Amen. That's what we need is the fire of the Holy Spirit. He was the Lord over disaster. He was the Lord over demons. And I can tell you tonight that not only is he the Lord over demons, but Jesus Christ is the Lord over disease. Because when Jesus was kicked out of that place, he went... The Bible said just a little bit further away and as he was walking down the road, a man named Jairus met him and said, Lord, would you come to my house? My daughter is about to die. And he said, sure, I'll come to your house. And as they're on their way to that place, the crowd began to throng him, the Bible says. How many of you know that Jesus is magnetic? (laughs) Lord, help me to be nice tonight. For all these people, And all of these movements and all of these gathering places that that think we got to have gimmicks and we got to have this and we got to have the other. No, what we need is the magnetic presence of Jesus in our lives, in our churches, in our cars, in our homes. We need the presence of God because Jesus said, And I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. I'm telling you, we can have a move of God. There's nothing wrong with offering things that people enjoy but what we need more than things is we need the presence of Jesus to so fill our lives that people are drawn to him While he was on his way to that house, the woman with the issue of blood that you've heard preached about so many times with her last ounce of energy lunged forth into the crowd. All she could do was hold on to the hem of his garment, but she took hold of that garment. And the Bible says virtue forthwith came out of his body and she was healed. And Jesus stopped and said, Who touched me? And his disciples blessed their heart you know that southern terminology when somebody's dumb bless their heart Amen. they said Lord what do you mean who touched you look at all this crowd bumping into you but I can tell you tonight Jesus knows the difference in a thronging crowd and a sick sinner that just reached out by faith God knows the difference He saw that woman and he said, daughter, thy faith has made you whole. Amen. Go thy way. He's the Lord over disease. And just keep reading and you'll find out he's the Lord over death. Made it to Jairus' house. The messenger had come and said, don't trouble the master anymore. Your daughter's dead. Let's just go in here and make chicken and dumplings and plan a funeral. Can I remind you that Jesus never went to a funeral? He only attended resurrections. That's it. Challenge me with your Bible. Yours is just as good as mine. He did not attend funerals. In our record, he only attended resurrections. There was a boy being carried through the city gate at Nain and Mama was crying. Come on. And he went over there and he touched the coffin and said, boy, get up and go home with your mama. And he did. Jesus didn't even go to Lazarus' funeral. He just came back and hollered into the mouth of that tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. Thank God he said, Lazarus. Every dead body on the whole hill would have come out. Woo, Son, I felt the move of God right then. I'm telling you, he's calling my name tonight. He's saying, Chris, come forth. Chris, get in your prayer closet. Chris, get in your word. I'm going to come and show you my power. I'm going to come and show you my presence. Chris, get in my presence and I'll show you miraculous things. Does anybody else feel him calling your name? Oh, we're living in perilous times, is what Paul said. But the Lord is calling my name. He's going to show us a resurrection. Hallelujah. He got to Jairus' house and all the doubters and whiners were there and he put them all out. He kept Peter, James, and John and the parents. I see Jesus in his tender love and care. I don't know how you visualize Jesus, but I visualize him tender, even in strong moments. I see him go over to that young girl and touch her little face feel her soft hair, lean in and say, Talitha kumai. Daughter, arise. Can I just tell you something? When Jesus said, little girl, get up, she didn't have another option. Are we all talking about the same Jesus tonight? Because sometimes I think I got options. The sermon so moves me to come to the altar and I don't come. Huh? I'm, I'm hurrying. My goodness. I, I'm the guest speaker tonight. I'm supposed to be nice. She didn't have another option. She got up. And, and what did he say next? Give her something to eat. Isn't that a strange statement? If you think it's strange for Jesus to say, give her something to eat, what you need to do is sign up for the next youth trip to be a chaperone. Because every time them jokers wake up, they're hungry. And no matter what's on your schedule, you finna stop by the store and get them something to eat. And in 10 miles, you're gonna let them go to the bathroom. Just all this to it. He's the Lord over death. Can you say Amen. I've got my foot down on the gas. We're going to hurry along here. He's the Lord while He was on this earth. Can I remind you also that He was the Lord while He was on the cross? Any of us, it would have been a very chaotic moment beaten, bloodied, carrying a cross, people yelling out obscenities at us, hitting us, pulling the beard from our face it would have been a very chaotic time for us it would have seemed as if the world was in charge but I tell you he was the Lord even in that moment because he would say things like you can't take my life I lay it down of my own will he would say things like tear this temple down and I'll rebuild it in three days oh nobody took his life he wasn't experiencing chaos While the other two male factors, according to the Bible, were there being crucified with him, they were probably fighting, trying to keep the nails out of their hands and out of their feet and the ropes off of them. They were probably fighting while others were holding them down and pinning them down to to apprehend them. And while all of that chaos and fighting was going on, Jesus said, here's my hand, here's my other, here's my feet. Go ahead and do what you got to do. While he's hanging on the cross in great agony, I tell you, he's still the Lord while he was on the cross because his mother was there crying, probably saying things like, The angel told me he was going to be the Messiah. How does this fit into that great plan? How does this fit into the salvation of the world? I don't understand. That mother was crying as any of you mothers would be over your beaten, battered, bloody son. And while he was hanging on the cross, he whispered his mama up and he whispered John up and he said, Mama, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. Now take care of Mary because I got a job to do. He was in control the whole time on the cross while he's hanging there bleeding on the cross. He's the Lord while he's on the cross. He makes a statement that says I thirst. What a terrible moment that we all talk about around Easter when a man who's been mistreated like him says I thirsty and they poke a sponge on the end of a stick and dip it in sour vinegar and hold it up to his mouth but in my mind as terrible as that was I see him bite down on that sponge and get him a little drink of it why? because he needs to clear his throat he's got something that he's about to say it's just a one word announcement that turns into a three word announcement in English he said tetelestai it is finished. I said he's the Lord while he was on the cross. <laughs> to telesty. Yes, it means it is finished, but probably a better way to put it is paid in full. Whew. I don't know what that means to you tonight, but let me tell you, back in history, I don't know what time it is, Pastor, I'm sorry. I've got to hurry. I feel so good around here. I don't know if you, hopefully I'll know where to go back to. You Forest Hill people may not know this, but our church sanctuary was laid out on this one. So this feels a lot like home, so I'm having a good time. Paid in full. Back in history, when a criminal was found guilty, they would write on a piece of paper God, I feel so good about this. You got 35 years in prison. You've got 28 years in prison. That date would be written down where that penalty started. That criminal would know that from that date, I've got 28 years, I've got 20 years, I've got 35 years, and they would start counting the days, counting the days, counting the days, counting the days, and finally that day would come when they would come and unlock that door and say, Chris, today's your lucky day. You have fulfilled your sentencing. You are a free man, and before they would leave the prison, they would put their piece of paper down on a desk and right across the whole sentence paid in full. That was a wonderful blessing for them. They'd fold it up and put it in their pocket and take with them. Why? Why would they take it with them? Because when old Joe Blow would see him again that used to do drugs with him. When old Ralph would see him that committed that crime with him and he'd say hey man let's go have some fun. He'd say oh no I'm not the man that I used to be because my sentencing has been paid in full. I've been changed. I've been delivered. I've been set free. I'm here to tell you that for every one of us that should have died because of our sin, that should have been in prison because of our sin, that should have been done away with, with the wildest of all mankind today on the door of our heart. We've turned around and wrote through the blood of Jesus. It's been paid in full. He he was the Lord while he was on the cross. <laughs> Woo! He was the Lord while he was on the cross. Finally, not only was he the Lord while he was on the cross, but can I tell you today that soon Jesus Christ will be Lord when he comes again. If I could get someone to come and help me with the music, that lets me know to quit. He's Lord when He comes again. I said, He's the Lord when He comes again. John was cast out on the Isle of Patmos. While he was on the Isle of Patmos, there are those, it's not recorded in the Scripture, but there are those that say that John was put there because The last attempt on his life was to boil him in oil and that didn't work because God had the book of Revelation that needed to be written. So his old red skin that could have been damaged by that boiling oil, maybe it wasn't damaged at all. They put him out on the island of Patmos, nothing but dead bones and rocks and dirt. The Bible says in Revelation that John was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he began to write. And we have the privilege of reading something that he wrote way over in chapter 19. John said, and I saw heaven opened, And behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. You know that's us, right? I, I said, you know that's us, right? The armies that followed him on. The My old cousin had a horse named Bones. Bones was the strongest horse I've ever ridden. And you don't see short, fat people riding many horses because Bones is too strong. (laughs) We'd ride Bones, and as long as we were going away from the house, Bones was a good riding horse. But when you would turn him back toward the house where the sweet feed was at, you better hold on. You could pull that bit down his throat and he wasn't stopping i'm telling you when jesus comes back on that white horse and me and you have mounted up on ours woo, it's not going to be a little trot we're going to be coming because home come on now the bible said there's a new heaven and a new earth, hallelujah. He said here his name is the word of God and the armies, me and you, which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp two-edged sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule, he's the Lord, he'll rule them with a rod of iron and treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of wrath of Almighty God and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh A name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I can't help but remind you as you're standing, please. I can't help but remind you that the Apostle Paul said of Jesus, and he was highly exalted by God. I'm telling you what, I feel good tonight. And God hath highly exalted him and given him a name. That's above every other name. What name comes to mind for you? Is it cancer? is it diabetes is it Parkinson's is it Alzheimer's you got a parent that you can hardly bear to look at them because of that dreaded disease what name keeps coming to your mind when you think about how your life is going what name is it drug abuse adultery divorce what name Not too long ago, pastors, a man in our church was given a diagnosis of a brain tumor on the back of his head, the size of a grapefruit. Cancer. Their family was rocked to the core. They didn't even attend our church at the time. But we got a hold. If you know anything about Gilbert Town, it don't matter where you park it on Sunday morning, everybody belongs to the same community in the same church it feels like but when we got a hold of that diagnosis he came to our church one morning before work it wasn't even Sunday or Wednesday or anything and I looked at him and I said my brother when the doctor told you that was cancer that's the best thing he could have told you I said because now you've got a name for what that is on the back of your head. Let me come over here. I said, because now you've got a name for what that is. And the Bible said that God has given him a name that's above every other name. Woo, I know he's above Chris. I know he's above my name but when I'm staring down the barrel at cancer like we did with my mother just a couple of years ago I didn't want to bury my mother so I said Jesus your name is above the name of cancer. His name is above suicide. His name is above every other name and all we must do is turn it over to him. Why? Because every knee is going to bow. The knee of cancer, the knee of Parkinson's the knee is gonna bow and confess the Lordship of Jesus Christ I sense him here Jesus was Lord Jesus is Lord Jesus shall forever be the Lord So now I just ask you tonight, is he your Lord? I may have talked too long, but if you tonight need special prayer, if one of those names is trying to become bigger in your life than the name of Jesus, I believe there's a big family here that wants to join with you in prayer. Maybe you've got a negative diagnosis but tonight you want to pray about it. Maybe you've got a wayward child and tonight you want to pray about it. If you're here in this room without hesitation and there's a name trying to get bigger than the name of Jesus, would you come? Meet me in this altar. These pastors are going to pray for you. Your faithful pastor is going to pray for you. Do you need a touch from God? Are you a candidate for a miracle tonight? Jesus is the Lord. Let's Raise our hands, Jesus. No, He is Lord. What's that guy's name? Come up here and sing, He is Lord. You know that one? I know that's old school. Thank you for listening to our podcast at the Hill. We pray that you are blessed by this message. For more information on what's happening at the Hill and to stay connected, visit our website at foresthillcog.org, join our Facebook page facebook.com/foresthillcog, or download our app from the iTunes or Google Play Store.